You don't sound autistic. Well, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't sound autistic i almost forgot the name of the show for a second <laughs> that sounded autistic yeah it did hey you're not supposed to say that sorry i'm blake and i'm rochelle and i'm autistic and i'm not there you go hey you did it right this time <laughs> i did i can be taught so uh first things first um make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you are listening so that you can get notifications for the newest episodes when they're hot and fresh out of the creative oven of our thoughts and uh, I wanted to also say, uh, make sure that you join the Facebook group if you're listening. Join the Facebook group, join the conversation, mm-hmm. jump in there and let us know what you think about the show. Uh, we would love to hear if there are any topics you'd like us to cover because uh, we are running out of ideas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so not true. But also at the same time, um, we just love to hear from you. And, you know, your perspectives are, we're all solving different problems at different times. And so... Um, there's strength in numbers. That's right. That's right. We need we need the numbers. <laughs> um, so, and we also wanted to uh, say so. Um, in looking at the analytics of the web of the of the website of the podcast on the website um, that hosts the podcast, we were looking and noticing that we have listeners from all over the world now. We do. And uh, so we were going to just do a quick. Shout out, starting with the U.S., I will do uh, all the states that we have listeners from and then everyone else, um, just the country, because it doesn't tell me all the states. So if it says the state, I will uh, throw that in there. But from the U.S., we have listeners in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Texas, Minnesota, Kentucky, Illinois, Virginia, North Carolina, Massachusetts, California, Utah, Iowa, Washington, Vermont, Ohio, and Michigan. Ooh, that's a lot. I'm impressed. That's a pretty uh, wide range throughout the U.S. I mean... Um, I was really pleased to see some of these states come in. So shout out to you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for listening. Um, and then as far as the uh, other countries outside the United States, we have the United Kingdom, the Netherlands, and then specifically Western Australia and Queensland, Australia, Taiwan, Ontario, Canada, Germany, France, Spain, and Belgium. That's awesome. Yeah, so very cool. And it's funny because looking at the percentages, you, I'm trying to figure out like how many people is that? I think it's... It's a couple. It's you know from I'm each, not sure. From but each place. So if you're if you are a listener from another country, we would I would love to just give yourself a shout out on the Facebook group. Join yeah. the Facebook group, and um, we'd love to hear from you. And I mean, and and from any of the different states in the U.S. as well. So absolutely. Um, yeah, this is us just whoring ourselves out so that we can <laughs> have what what no, I'm just saying so that so that people. Uh, well, we just want to get to know everyone. Yeah, we want to know our listeners. I, I'm part of a few Facebook groups that um, are hosted with um, predominantly UK moms. And it's just so interesting how the lingo is a little bit different. Like, you know, I, they're always talking about, oh, my, my child was identified at nursery. And I have to sit there and go, oh, what's nursery? Is that is that daycare? Is that preschool? Is What does nursery mean? And so I try not to, you know, be, oh, I don't know how th-. there's just a terminology difference sometimes. And I feel awkward asking. But it's but at the same time, you know. For things to be super relatable, we want to make sure that, um, you know, if there are certain terms like that, that we can bridge the gaps and, and, you know, figure out what can work for all of us. 
We're all solving the same problems, just in different ways. Well said. Thank you. So, and then I have um, <laughs> been working on my site, RochelleChandler.com. I giggle because I lost my whole train of thought there. But I have added the podcast to the homepage, and it does feature the newest episode um, every single week. So if you do forget the name of the Facebook group or um, just want a little extra support or help, uh, reach out to me at RochelleChandler.com. I have a lot of resources there. Um, There's blog posts that are covering different topics, and also there's options uh, for one-on-one support. And that support can uh, be scheduled through video, um, not just phone calls. I think phone calls are super they can be super anxious um and so i think video chat is far more preferable for both of us because you know there's so much nonverbal and verbal communication that goes on through distance um support but we can overcome that with webcams that we all have now post 2020 oh we all have we everyone has a webcam now pretty much all right good to know so i better get myself one (laughs) no I, i i do have one just yep absolutely um and working i'm actually working to be a parent advocate now i don't know if i told you that what's that a parent advocate is someone who um works on behalf of parents and helps to bring why don't you work on behold of parents (laughs) behold that was a dad joke i get it so it's it's really cool actually because this process can be very complicated with paperwork and programs and you know the timing and sequencing of things and being a parent advocate which is something I'm working towards would allow me um, just some extra oomph behind my ability to help parents navigate this really fragmented and massive world to get the help that they need. Give Rochelle the oomph she needs. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> the other way around. I'm trying to help them get that. Oomph. Sorry, Rochelle will give you oomph. <laughs> Go to oomph.com. That's O O O O O O O O O O O M F. Oh, sorry. It's RochelleChandler.com. Yeah. Forward slash oomph. I'm gonna have to build that page. Right. How would you spell? How do you spell oomph? It's O O M P H. That's oom miles per hour. Well, you're taking it very literally. I guess so. Well, I am. I am autistic. isn't that? That's it's, a word. It's onomatopoeia. Yeah. Say that three times. That's fast. how they onomatopoeia, say it in onomatopoeia, captions. Onomatopoeia. I have to read. Sounds like I have to go to the bathroom. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go pee. <laughs> is that what it is? Did I say it right the third time? The third time. Yes. Okay. That anyway. was funny. So silly. Um. So, all right. We were gonna yeah. talk about mimicking, and or was there something else you wanted to talk? No. Nope, you're oh, good. Okay. We were gonna talk about mimicking versus mirroring, which I know nothing about. Rochelle, take it away. Well, we went to the aquarium today. Yes, we did. And that was really cool. Here in Georgia. Yes, we've taken Declan before. We took him a year ago. Um, We didn't own a stroller that time. It was pretty... Didn't we? No. It was right then that I bought one, right after. Oh, right. I was like, we need a stroller. And Um, now we didn't even really need it. uh, He he spent more time pushing the stroller. Yeah. Yeah. But when he does need it, like, it's either that or we're carrying him. Right. And he's too tall and too heavy. to. He is a huge dude. I think last time, we just had a doctor appointment the other day, and he was... I want to say he was three foot two. So what is that? 38 inches? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I can't remember if it's age two and a half or three where it's an old old wives tale. But at one of those two points, you're supposed to be able to take their height and then double it. It's, age, it's supposed to be at age two. 
Okay, I'll have to go back and see what his, his yeah. age At is. age two, they should be half their adult height. Yeah, he was tracking for 6'1 at two years old. Yeah, he's a tall dude. So, um, he's, he's, he's heavy. And it's so funny because when he stands next to other children, I'm like trying to gauge how old the other kids are. Like there was a little girl today at the aquarium and she had a little sash on that said uh, it was her fourth birthday. And Declan was like a head taller than her. I was like, my God, I can't tell if he's really tall or if that girl was short or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to gauge because I, I don't hang out with other children typically. Well, but he, and he looked taller than that four-year-old. That's what I'm saying. He was like a head taller. Yeah. A lot of my clients, when we talk about the size of our kids, like it's common that I'll say, oh, he's this height. And they're like, wow, that's how tall my four or five-year-old is. Like I hear that all the time. Yeah. Here we go with the cats again. Oh my this gosh. This is fun. She wants to be on, she wants to do, be on the air. Do cats take naps like at scheduled times? Can we do cat nap how about time? A, how about a dirt nap? <laughs> she can go live with you. So mimicking I don't want the whole episode to be about me telling the cat to screw up. Come on, cat, get out of here. We were watching the dolphin show, which was really yes. cool. At the back to the aquarium, cat. Right. Right. Now, and dolphin Declan show. didn't see any of it last time because we made it into the nope. arena. He was and deep in the breastfeeding position. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then he slept through the whole thing. There was a, a meltdown on the way into the arena, and um, at you know when we went last year, he'd only been preliminarily diagnosed with autism about a month prior barely a month prior and that was by his his initial um sorry his initial diagnosis was by his pediatrician and we were waiting the very 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 long time for the developmental pediatrician to come in to get the the full-blown legitimate i'm gonna kill this cat (laughs) right so at the time we didn't know how to prepare we didn't know you know, what to expect. We didn't understand what a sensory environment was going to be. We just wanted to go to the aquarium. We thought, hey, this is how we were raised. You just get in the car and you just go. Yeah. Um, and so that was a very hard day, that lesson. But this time around, when he got to engage, the uh, the only problem we had this time was finding seats where he could see because he wanted to sit in his own seat. You know, and he didn't want to sit on anyone's lap. He's got that independent streak going. Um, and so, you know, you're kind of like, going back and forth between trying to help him make sure he's capturing enough of the show to get it and enjoy it. And then listening also to what the narrator is talking about. And she, she went on for a couple of minutes about mimicking because there was a baby dolphin. One of the, um, one of the girls I thought was younger. And so they said that the baby dolphins, they stay with mama dolphin for like the first three years of their life and they mimic everything that the other women in the pod do and that's how they learn to be dolphins and they learn all their social settings uh, or sorry all their social skills in that setting um and it's you know just kind of how that species evolves and i sat and thought i was like well man they just spent 10 minutes explaining how dolphins are mammalians and how similar to us you know they are why does it work why does mimicking work for dolphins and yet mirroring doesn't work to teach for neurobiodiverse minds. Like it, it kind of stumped me for a minute because in mirroring, you're not really learning the behavior or learning why they're doing the behavior. You're just, you're just mirroring it to get through that social, that awkwardly social encounter. I guess so. 
Is it, it, it? I don't. I guess to me, I don't see the distinction between mirroring and mimicking. Well, mirroring is the behavior in which one person unconsciously imitates the gesture, speech patterns, or attitudes of another. Um, and it's for the sake of building rapport with others. But you're not. You're building rapport. You're not. It's not like, oh, I'm. I'm learning how to do the things you do because of the reasons why you do them. That's what mimicking is. You see the difference? No. Okay. So mimicking is um, a form of intuitive learning. Okay. You're replicating the physiological effects of another. Um, so I think the difference is that which part of the brain is active during each of those activities. So during mimicking, you're in that prefrontal cortex part of your brain that's allowing you to learn new skills because there's no danger around. You're just like in that sponge absorbing learning mode. But when you're mirroring, more than likely, from the research that I come across, mirroring seems to be, ten seems to be paired with that fight or flight response. So what we know about the fight or flight response is that the prefrontal cortex is not in charge and only the amygdala is in charge. And the amygdala is that part of the brain that decides, is that a threat? How do you neutralize that threat? How do you survive that threat? So mirroring is more like, okay, I'm going to like follow your every move so you don't see me as a threat and you're not learning from it. You're just focused on not being a threat. I feel like I'm mirroring right now trying to look like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you're totally distracted by a now happy cat. Yeah. But I mean, it's I think it's just the difference of which part of the brain is active and the end result is different because a different part of the brain is in charge. Okay. So what I learned from that is that I've been calling it modeling. You know, like when I teach Declan, when we're like washing the dishes together or last night we were making an apple pie, which was a complete <laughs> disaster when we tried to roll out the dough. Yeah. Yeah. How come? He, well... Because I underestimated um, how much he would love taking the almond flour out of the bag and sprinkling it oh, yeah. onto the dough. And almond so, flour? Yeah, it's gluten-free. Oh, but it's delicious. I can't wait to have a slice. <laughs> it is. The apples are gluten-free too, you know. Yeah, but that the apples are apples. Right. Pie is supposed to be glutinous. Well, that's true. So, anyway, I'll bet it's delicious. So... My point is that because he wasn't in a fight or flight response, it could take the same behavior instead of being, uh, you know, instead of being a tactic to get through a stressful situation by making it a more engaging, safe learning environment, that same behavior now teaches him new skills. I'm going to pour water on this cat. <laughs> she does this to us during occupational therapy. You know, I, I have no idea what life before COVID in all these therapies was like. Um, I kind of envy the parents that kind of get to go into clinic and have this in totally, you know, built occupational therapy environment with no external distractions because right, yeah. I've had to do it with a dog and a cat. And oh, my goodness. And a Declan. And, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knew that you the occupational therapy has been for you this entire time? It, you're funny. I know. 
managing it um, has always been a little bit fun. Trying to make sure he doesn't knock over my coffee in the morning is is a big win. Declan or the cat? Oh, Declan can. Well, they've both actually done it. Well, that's Hold nice. on. We, so, what was some your assholes f- dying, <laughs> ruining our podcast? What? Nothing. It was a joke. I know. Was what was your favorite part of the experience today? The best part? Um, seeing all the naked animals. <laughs> Not one animal was clothed. Okay. It was like walking into a an undersea strip club. So that, that like really prehistoric looking giant grouper must have been. Ooh. The hog on that guy. <laughs> he no. was scary looking. Yeah, there, there's some. It's funny because I was saying that 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 grouper was like a. They're pre- like prehistoric. Probably are prehistoric. They probably are. Very yeah. any any fish that looks all you know they're all, it's all beat up. It looks like Walter Matthau. Yeah, he just, he just didn't look evolved. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's just an old an old ass fish. Um, coolest part probably the dolphin show. The dolphin. Even show though cool. it's hard because the whole time I'm. I'm, I was distracted by Declan being distracted by the kid crying behind us. Yeah. So Declan right. would look away and I would look away and then I'd see you point and I'd look back and then I'd just see the water like splash. Yeah. So I'd miss like the cool thing. So I had to f- sit there and I'm like, focus, Blake, focus, enjoy yourself. Focus. It's time to focus. It's time to have fun, which is really annoying. To have to... To, to have to do that. Yeah. You're, you want your self-dialogue to be open so you can kind of comment on what you're seeing and experiencing not that you kind of have to use it to redirect yourself i would like to note georgia aquarium thank you very much that the 12th row also gets wet because <laughs> we, we were wet. the the first 10 rows will get wet so will a few rows after that because <laughs> oh my god those dolphins can kick they are strong well they call them the big boys i mean they are um, they were powerful. And that one section, this one, so it was really funny because of course, you know, it's an arena and it's kind of a semicircle, but this, this one dolphin was just convinced he was going to drench this, this one half of a section and he just got them over and over and over and over. And it was almost just like, like getting, I know it was, it was to the point where I was like, is someone watching this dolphin? Right. <laughs> is he mad at someone? Yeah. Because even the people in that section, they kept looking up, going seriously. It's like the sixth or seventh time they got dredged. I felt like it was it was, it was a significant a, number. Almost excessive. it was a baker's it was a baker's dozen. Oh yeah, it could have been that much. Yeah, it felt like that. Um, so as far as yeah, the whole mimicking mirroring thing, and I still the jury's out because I still don't understand. <laughs> okay, well I maybe I'm not doing a very great job of explaining the difference. I just think that in I one situation. Not- you're surviving, you know, or trying to get through an awkward social moment. Isn't that still learning though? What it well, what do you when you are mirroring someone, are you what are you learning? I mean, I'm just using it at this point I'm just using my that's why I mean I don't know if, if mirroring is the right phrase because it almost sounds like you're trying to copy what someone's doing right in front of you. Whereas I feel like I'm using past experience, which is I don't know. Is that is that really mirroring? So tell me more about what you mean there. Past experience, like your my experience connecting. being around people, right? And then I util, you know, it's not like it's it's not always a conscious thing where I'm standing there going, I am utilizing my memories to push through this awkward social situation. No, like but the I, other day, I went out to the comedy club. Oh yeah. And then um, 
you know, I was trying to trying to meet people, trying to make friends, and uh, got a guy's number. That's cool. Yay, yay Guy me. friends are cool. Yeah, um, which is always funny because I'm like, not one woman. It's always some. It's always some dude that wants to hang out. Guys need friends. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that this post 2020 world has been really. Um, it's not been easy for anybody to make friends. I will make this. It's not a very funny joke, but. Um, I won't say his whole name just because, but his last name was Bacon and I thought it was funny. I was like, oh yeah, if we had like a TV show, like a sitcom, it'd be called Blake and Bacon. <laughs> yeah. That's actually Blake and Bacon. <laughs> that would be the name of the show, right? It would have it to would, be. It would be, it'd be Blake and Bacon. It'd have to be Blake yep. and Bacon. That'd be awesome. It'd be a good podcast too. Yeah. It'd be good. I don't know what we talk about, but, um, we talk about comedy anyway. So, but going out there, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm trying, like I could see that like some of the other people were kind of awkward Mm -hmm. and that throws me off. I need, I need confident. Like when I go out and hang out with people, like if they're confident, but see, that's, I think you're proving my point actually, because I thought mirroring was a technique that you use, even if it's kind of subconscious to look like you fit in and avoid being picked on or segmented. It's not the word. Nope, it is not a word. Segregated, like you, you want to, you don't want to be bullied. You want to look like you fit in, so people don't notice that you are feeling a little insecure. And so you just said you feel better with confident people. Well, confident people are easier to mirror. Well, no, not necessarily. They're just more mirrorable. Cat, isn't that the same thing? I'm gonna kill this cat. I mean, if someone's insecure, then it's like, well, what do I mirror? Do I mirror that? Do I mirror this? You know, how does it work? Um, I just I go back a lot to because the first time I realized what you, what it was when I saw you do it was that restaurant when we went out for our anniversary or something. And oh, it was, oh, like it was melting, uh, pot, melting with pot the, with the waiter. Don't, it, don't brag. We go to melting pot. We're so fancy. It 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 is my one year treat. I do love that. Tr- yeah, I do love me some fondue. But it that was a really clear time where it's like he he presented. Um, himself at the table with a very clear you could just tell like when he came to serve he's like this is the environment here and this is how I'm going to treat you and you're these people right like he made assumptions about who we were and you rose to the occasion like flawlessly because he was pretty confident that he had us nailed as a couple and he treated us that way like oh you guys have been here before so you're going to do this and you're going to do that and you were like yes you know and you you were feeling awkward at the moment because we hadn't been out in a while but yet you just kind of like flipped a switch and straightened your back and your voice got strong and deeper and you knew, you didn't stutter over a thing. You just went straight into yes, yes, yes. I also had a massive erection at the time. <laughs> Am I allowed Gosh, to say that? I don't know. Okay. I don't have it currently. Okay. Just saying. However many years ago, I'll, I'll never forget that one. Oh, okay. It was a good one. It was a good one. I wasted oh, it. Oh, that's good to know. It was a waste being at that restaurant. But then as soon as he walked away, you went back to your natural self. Well, that sounds disappointing. You sound disappointed. No. Then you went back to being old crappy you. <laughs> I don't think you're crappy you. I'm just saying it was a clear distinction in like, you know, an outward facing persona for that moment. N- neither were bad. Okay. It's just, you know, we use different ag- energy signatures, if you will, in different environments. 
So I think in but mirroring... Doesn't, but doesn't everyone do that or is it... Yes, but that's my point. I think in mirroring, we're doing it to fit into a social situation so we don't look like we don't fit. In mimicking, it's specifically a technique learning, like when you're learning how to become something you're learning how to become a you know a, a human or or a dolphin like it, it's a strategy for um you know i want to learn behavior. how to be a dolphin now i kind of do they look like they have a lot of fun yeah that one where she did the surfer ride like i understood um that they were targeting to their feet and i was like oh that's cool so they're gonna lift her out but then she actually like surfed on the dolphin's back and yeah. i hadn't seen that before you're kind of like a dolphin there's a lot of times when i ask you a question and you just go eh. <laughs> that is true you get sh- i get shot down <laughs> by dolphin rochelle oh that's <laughs> that's sad rochelle the bottlenose dolphin lady <laughs> leave my nose out of it right it's more of a uh compass nose oh thanks i'm known for my nose okay that's how you tell what my lineage is you can tell by my nose yeah you know like tall people they they're like how's the weather up there i'm always like how that fart smell (laughs) from 12 days ago thanks because it's got to linger i wouldn't know i have actually i have no sense of smell the only time i've ever had a sense of smell was when i was pregnant well you know there's the olfactory and yeah. then in Rochelle's case, there's the big factory. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, really? So you mentioned old factory. Right. Old, what? Old spaghetti factory? Is that what you're thinking? No, no, oh. no, no. no. I'm I, just, I, I guess I'm, I'm hungry. About that, but, That's um, why. We took Declan this week to the ear, nose, and throat doctor. The Ent. Yes, we went to the Ent. Actually, it was the Pent because um, pediatric. And oh, I thought it was penis, ear, nose, and throat <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you would go there. Sorry, but actually, since we're in Atlanta, it's called Penta. So you That's know, right. um, but don't make me finish that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that see, there's an acronym. That's okay, an, that's, that's an acronym, an acro- not as opposed, an initialism, not an, as opposed to an initialism. See, okay, say yeah, well, say. See, but I live with a human autocorrector. Like I know you'll guide me on the oh right. Oh my god. I try not to autocorrect. I mean, and it's hard because I'll listen back to episodes and I'll hear myself use a word that I did not use correctly. And I'm like, should I go back? And then I'm like, eh, whatever. Oh, don't you love how I don't know that? So I didn't correct you? <laughs> well, because I'm the if I'm the autocorrector, then and I can't autocorrect myself. I'm yeah. In, I'm in big trouble. Yeah, I can't help I you I can only that. autocorrect myself later when I'm listening to it. I'm like, that is not the way that that word <laughs> is supposed to be used. Okay, so then let's talk about that. Well, hang on. I'm on two different topics now. Go back to Old Factory. We'll go back to Old Factory. So, obviously, I have a big nose, but it's not, it's just for looks because I can't smell anything. In right. Now, post-COVID, I've gotten what little sense of smell I had back. However, I don't have a great sense of smell. And Declan has never had a great sense of smell either. How do you know? Well, because one of when I first started this journey a year ago, um, the, my initial research was like, oh, okay, autism and lavender is a really strong combination and it usually helps to downregulate um, is that a scent lavender yeah no autism and lavender is that like a, a scented candle <laughs> what does autism smell like i lavender i don't know okay um no but there's a lot of studies that show the positive effects of using lavender to help calm down um you know the central nervous system and and help f- promote more of that rest and digest 
you know, response. Did so, you say rust and digest? Rest and digest. Oh, right. Okay. So I tried lavender because I love essential oils. I've been, you know, on essential oils for the last 20 something years. And I did not matter what scent I gave him. It was like, it was like there was no aroma to it at all. He, he didn't react to it. He, he barely even responded to the fact that there was a scent. The only thing he would respond to was the sensory experience of like the thicker oils. He was like, oh, yeah, I'd rub that all over my chest or my feet. But he couldn't smell it. And he wouldn't make when I'd put it up to his nose, he would just like he he would almost look at me like, what are you doing, lady? Because he couldn't really smell anything. And I would over the months, I would say to him, try and smell this. And he's like, uh, whatever. And he would that was it. It was gone. Nothing ever grabbed his attention. Hmm. So post covid. He's been asking me to open little bottles of vinegar. You know, the ones that come with like the Blue Chef kits and. Yeah. And the things. And I keep. Yeah, like a, it's like almost like a sample size bottle. Exactly. So you're looking at me like I said something wrong. No. Okay. Um, and so he's been asking me to open those and I opened those for him. And he's like, <laughs> and he's doing that thing where he like sniffs up and then blows out because he can't quite figure out how to smell yet. So he's just going in and out with his nose. <laughs> Like yeah. that, but because he's getting it on. I one. know what smelling is. You didn't have to act it out, but I appreciate it. Oh, thanks. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when we took him in for an updated hearing screening this week and mentioned that to the doctor, I was um, happy to learn that the, at least the doctor thought that that was evidence that he's starting to smell because. Um, there have been so many kids that starting to smell like what? Anything. Never mind. Oh, like I see. He smells like autism. Yeah. <laughs> what does that smell like? I don't know. I feel like that should be the name of the episode. <laughs> okay. What does autism smell like? Gluten free. Oh, that sounds horrible. I want my autism to smell very gluteny. Okay. You well, you shouldn't because that's not gonna not gonna help you. Gluten and autism are not friends. Yes, they are. No, they're not. They might be emotional friends, but they're not biological friends. But anyways, don't hang on. Stay on track. So his hearing is actually the same before COVID to post COVID, but his sensitivity to it has changed. Right. And the doctor explained that because his sensitivity to noise has changed, it means not that it will impact necessarily his hearing or his comprehension, but it will impact his sensory perception. So he has a stronger chance of getting sensory overload from auditory sounds now than before. Yep. Did you notice that today? <laughs> um, as far as being out at the aquarium and him being... I mean, I noticed he was super talkative today. Right. He was talkative and he was squeaking and squawking. Right, a and lot more than normal. A lot more than normal. So he was definitely a lot more engaged and, in, and interested in what was going on around him. Uh, the only time I really noticed that he was in an auditory or aural sense mm -hmm. affected by the day was that kid sitting behind us at the dolphin show crying. Yeah, that I think took him out. That was too much for him. Yeah, because he kept being like, baby. And I was like, yep, that's a baby. You did the same thing. Yep, he did. And in the same place. Well, and so if he hasn't had a sense of smell before and does now, what the doctor explained is that um, children with autism or any type of neurobiodiversity that are getting um, COVID 
it is having an impact on sensory nerves. It can either make some sensory nerves sharper or flip certain sensory nerves. So it's just interesting to watch, like even touch and pain. When he had COVID, he wouldn't go anywhere near water, remember? Because that tactile sensory perception was more sensitive and water was painful. Okay. And that's normally not. And now that wore off, you know, as he healed from it. But it has an, uh, a really remarkable, not like positive remarkable, but it has a notable effect on sensory nerves. So that's an interesting thing to, to notice because sensory nerves are something that we spend a lot of time thinking about proactively and, um, you know, and part of building in everyday life. That's what we as a family go through to prepare for a day like today just like we did for apple picking what was that last week two weeks ago yeah so it's it's an interesting little i don't know if you call it an evolution or a complication i'm not kind of which i don't know the neutral version for it but it's as it's, far as his enhanced abilities yeah he's like spider boy <laughs> well don't tell him that he'll never stop climbing the walls was he fun. was incredibly talkative today yeah he would not shut up. Uh-uh. It was cute. He was really... He was just um, like, blah, 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 blah. Jax! Jax! Yeah. If you watch the... So, uh, anyone that's friends with me on Facebook, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, you, you all. Can, you can do the expanded version and post it in the Facebook Oh, yeah. Page. That's right. So, I but I did post a little video on my, on my Facebook page about, um, well, on Sunday, so the 10th of October. Uh, and it basically it's, I need to create a new video because the one that I made is all from my camera. So it's just Declan and Rochelle, nothing of myself. I'm just the cameraman. I have all that footage. Right. Of me being the cameraman. No, no. Me being the cameraman of ah. you being the parent. Yes. You being the adventure parent. That's right. The adventure parent. Right. Yeah. I forgot where I was going with that. Just to say that it's out there. And oh, it's out there. Yeah. Um, oh, but you can. The reason it was because you can hear Declan saying "Buy sharks, buy sharks." Yeah. So it's kind of cute. Um, so he's in, and then on the way home, he has this little book, and it's like, th- what is it? It's like things on the, the farm the, on the farm, animals yeah. on the farm, or something. And he's getting a lot better about when, because when you push the button, it says the word, and then it has a like i think it has the noise mm-hmm. of what the animal you know so it'll be like rooster and then you hear the rooster crow um which why isn't a rooster just rooster isn't it weird i don't know because you say a rooster crows right you do but then a, does a crow crow what? <laughs> that sounds cray cray or is a crow what if the crow roosters and a rooster crows <laughs> i don't know trippy man. i haven't had enough coffee to tackle that one sorry i know this but he does have one of those books because your niece gave him one um, that has a shark in it. it. Has a few more other, a few other fish, and turtles and and things like that. So I was hoping he would learn a few more words to differentiate. He just called. I mean, he knew sharks and fish, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, everything was a shark. Which is funny because I think a shark is a fish. Probably, but we were trying to teach him like right, cause then sea the, the otter dol- or sea right, lion, dolphin, or, or turtle. Yeah jellyfish i thought he would recognize from the movie but he didn't no he'll get there but we made that apple pie last night and he was totally happy because he got apple right apple apple (laughs) yes but he's still calling the pumpkins outside my front door um apples so we got a long way to go yeah well he'll hopefully when he's 16 i'll start worrying (laughs) 
Okay. I'm just saying, how was your day today? Apple? You're like, okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we got a problem. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I'm, I am having a little bit of difficulty finding an in-clinic speech therapist. And I know the doctor said that I would struggle just because of the quantity of kids that need services and the limited amount of resources available. But we tried telehealth speech therapy and... Um, here we go. It was uh, it was an adventure, not one I choose to repeat. I think occupational therapy should also be in person, but you can get away with it through, you know, video chat. But speech just requires executive function, and I still think his is. I think we're going to continue to find challenges with that. So I, he's I, he's got more of executive assistant function. He does, but that is, but see, that's the part of the brain that you can actually like teach. You can. As long as you make sure that your environment is in that safe, you know, you're in that safe space and it's exciting and, and you're in a learning place and you're having fun and you've got good music going, you know, he's just as dependent on, you know, positive uplifting music in the background as, you know, some of the 20, 30, 40, 50 year olds I know that are working to manage um, different neurobiodiversity traits. And so I find that if that's on then and then he's ready to go. So you know, we can turn some of those environments into learning moments too. And um, for the first time this week, we were playing with all the fruit your sister gave him for his birthday last year. Right. And we've tried this for speech therapy many times because in speech therapy, they're trying to get you to name um, and or label all the different types of fruit. So you can start to say watermelon or lemon or eggplant. Well, that was useless. Eggplant's a fruit? And, uh, fruits and vegetables. Oh, okay. Even carrots. Like, he calls carrots apples, too. So, um, but mushrooms, they're all in there. And we've played with these before. And, of course, they're attached. They're, they're pre-cut in half with little Velcro in the center. And so then you model using a knife to cut the fruit in half or cut the vegetables in half. And he's never gotten it. But this week, um, I changed the way I organized his toys. And he sat down and pulled those toys out and actually opened up the little Ziploc bag that I kept the knives in and he pulled me over and gave me my own knife and then told me which fruits and vegetables to cut. And we sat all night long and just cut vegetables and put them back together and cut vegetables and put them back together. And it was really cool to see that kind of snap and, and click into place. So I was like, okay, here's a great speech therapy moment. Like, let's work on watermelon and lemon and cutting and knife and you know, all those everyday terms. Right. How did he, so did he use the terms or was yeah. he just like, Apple, Apple. Is he's like, I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. I feel like he does a lot of that. No, he would get it. He would say carrot. He would say, he could say eggplant. He was working through some of the new terms, but they didn't stick. Like four minutes later, he went back to calling carrots apples. Okay. But and he was using his knife upside down, so he wouldn't let me turn it because he got he thought I was going to take it from him. So um, he did understand the word knife, and he tried to say it to you the other night at dinner. But it oh did he? But it didn't come out right. So he um he sounded like ife ife like you had uh, even I struggled. It took me a minute to go. What is he saying? Um, so we had to do it a lot more often because it's just not sticking. Yeah. Um, and that's part of that executive function. So as many times as possible. It's hard to narrate. And then you're supposed to. And I'm not great at that. Narrating what I'm doing. 
Yeah, it takes practice. I am now taking a shit. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> I'm not actually currently going to the bathroom. Okay, just that's, to be because I did because I did say that. Okay. I'm not. I'm just saying. Um, no, but no. Okay, so maybe I'll I'll take it away from bathroom joke. Um, I am now walking to the door and I am grabbing the handle. You know, like you're supposed to say what you're doing. Yeah, but and see, I'm turning the knob now. I struggle with that and also. And I'm looking crazy. Exactly. I felt crazy doing it. What I found was a little bit more practical is to say, okay, like what? it's not narrating my steps because I've learned that the best way to teach a neurobiodiverse mind through my coaching and through raising him is not me doing it, saying it, because that requires that intuitive learning, which I know he doesn't have. Instead, I want him to walk in front of me and I tell him what to do. I backseat drive. It's like, it's not autopilot parenting and it's not helicopter parenting. It's like model parenting. You've got to, it's, you got to stand in the back right behind him. And then, you know, you kind of come over their heads and point and go, okay, get a knife out of here. You know, the little, his, or get a fork out of here. Okay. Now get this over here. Like he needs to be the one driving. So he's connecting what he's hearing and what you're saying. So you're not saying I'm going to go get a knife from the drawer. I'm going to go, you know, get butter and, you're telling him to do it. And so he's getting that multi-sensory experience. So you want me to have their, our almost three-year-old getting knives? Sorry, I don't know why I'm stuck on that. It's just I think of the little plastic one from the set that we were using. He's going to look like Chucky. No, no. It's just, he's just learning, you know, with the little play pots and pans. It's just, it's backseat driving. It's backseat parenting. That's an easier way to teach the speech therapy skills, having them do it hearing you tell them about it and then you point and then help them through it when they need, you know, you pick up the thing and help them do it. Yeah. Okay. Like he was pouring butter into the stand mixer last night. I would use his hands and he would help me pull the levers to lock the stand mixer in place. Or he learned how to use the spatula and he was um, scraping the dough off the sides of the bowl, like that kind of stuff. Okay. And then when I needed to, I would just come behind him and put my hand over his hand on the spatula and help him, you know, do the motions. But he was literally driving and I was backseat driving. So it's backseat parenting. You keep saying backseat parenting. That's what I, that's the best way I know how to describe it. Okay. Does it give you a visual? No. Oh, really? I mean, I just imagine you, when you say backseat, I, I think of a car. Oh, like So I just not. imagine like a two-year-old driving a car <laughs> and you sitting back there and being like, okay, Turn left. Okay, well, he doesn't know what left is. Okay, so it's too conceptual of a term. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, well, and I'll have to think about a different way to say it. But that's that. You see where I'm going. It's more like uh, lap driving. Sure. Like where you're letting the kid hold the steering wheel, quote unquote. Right. But you're really holding the steering wheel and doing all the driving. Right. So then they kind of, you know, because my dad used to do that. He would sit me on his lap. Of a real car. Yeah. No way. And then he would let me steer the car. Really? Yeah. How old were you? Four. No way. Yeah. I'm going to get my mom in trouble by saying this next part. <laughs> oh, tell me. So my mom broke her foot. Okay. When I was like a teenager. Her right foot? I don't remember which foot it was. Okay. Um, I just remember she broke her foot. She got in, like, I think she got into an, I want to say she got into an accident or something. Okay. Um, I don't want to say that. I had to say it. So, <laughs> so anyway, so she, she couldn't really drive. And so, um, whatever happened we had, I don't remember. Anyway, I was 13 years old. And so 
there were like a few little places, there was a little restaurant around the corner, mm -hmm. there was the mall, and so she would let me drive when I was 13. I could totally see that though, because your mom is from that generation where, you know, you taught those skills, those kinds of life skills early on by doing that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's that same kind of model parenting. So it was funny because I remember this one time where like I had a I had a, a gig I was doing uh she was literally backseat drive backseat side 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 seat she was sitting next side to me okay um I mean it wasn't like I was ten I mean I was thirteen so you know but That's still true. too young to be driving still the three years do make a difference though yeah um but anyway so I was I was in middle school and I was um go I had a a choir event. At, yeah. the, at the mall and i remember like pulling up and like getting out of the driver's seat and like someone saw me <laughs> uh oh and i was like so <laughs> <laughs> like i was like so cool <laughs> you would have been cool yeah because i was driving yeah i mean i just remember stories of um i don't know my dad because of where they grew up but i mean you heard stories from his sides of the family where it's like yeah you know your grandpa would just put you in his truck out on the farm and you would drive, like you would drive around. Well, you, I wasn't driving on like the main streets. Like we were, the way that our house, it was, it was like little back streets. You could get to the mall. The mall was really, really close. Like you, I would walk to the mall, right, with my, you know, with my friends and stuff. And so it was, you know, a couple turns, and then you were there. So it wasn't a big deal. But it was still to me, I thought I was a baller. Sure. Because I'm, you know, driving my mom around, and she's like, "You're my chauffeur," and I'm like, You're "Damn right." <laughs> No, but th there's a lot of confidence building in moments like that, right? Yeah. Now, how did you handle, I mean, Shit. well, there was a lot less drivers on the I road. I set the microphone on accident. Oh, sorry. So there's a bug and I was like, I'm going to get it. And oh. I got it. <laughs> right into the mic. Right into the mic. Okay. Well, no worries. There were a lot less cars on the road that many years ago. Oh, I thought you were going to say when you were a kid because they barely even had cars. <laughs> right. There were a lot more horses and buggies around <laughs> when Rochelle was a child. Oh, yep. Thanks. Yeah. Um, she had a, she would she didn't have a Ford Mustang. She had an actual Mustang. That's right. That's right. I did. Yeah. My favorite car was that that horse. That's right. Yep. Cool. Well, did it break down? <laughs> it's like that I, line I from Back to the Future. Cougar. My uh, my car my uh, horse broke down and. Uh, <laughs> I had a Mercury Cougar, actually. That was my first car. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to get myself a Cougar. <laughs> that would, that'd be fine. Yeah. Well played. Thank you. Well played, sir. Yeah. Um, how did you feel on the road? Because like, I know right now sometimes you can struggle on the road thinking everyone's going to hit you or um, you have a really strong sense when people are coming up behind you and speeding. Like It's almost like you can feel it from further behind than most people. Feel it right in my butt. Like... Get away. Your bubble gets infringed upon a um, lot when you're, bubble. when you're driving. Yes. And I feel did, infringed. So when did that start for you? Because it must not have started when you were 13, plus obviously the... I think it probably started when, when I first really started driving, I was uh, 15. Okay. And my dad was trying to show me how to drive, and my mom would try to show me how to drive. My mom was a much better driver teacher, because my dad was like, what? what? No, no, don't. Don't do that. What did, watch out. Oh, God. And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> That's come on. like you now. I know. Well, at least I know where I get it from. Right. Um, I shouldn't have to do that in the car with a grown person that's supposed to have taken driver's ed. 
I took driver's you, ed. Yeah, but then you don't get to just like choose when a red light is convenient. Oh my gosh, you're never gonna lord. You're gonna lord that over me. It happened one time, maybe twice. Yeah, three times a lady. <laughs> I am a lady, but you'll still never let me forget it. Yeah, I, I can't let you live that down because it was terrifying. And you're just like sunshine, lollipops, there and was no rainbows one on the road. everywhere. Blah, 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 Nobody blah. on the road. Yeah, but you don't just get to decide like it's red for for other people, not for me. I spaced out. You know, sometimes it's because you just talk. We'll and talk be and driving talk and talking, and talking, and talking, we'll talking, talking, talking. Yeah. Oh, really? On this <laughs> podcast, you're gonna tell me I talk too much. So we'll be driving, and Rochelle. So we'll be in the driver's seat, and there could be like a line of fire trucks and police cars and ambulance driving past us, and I'd be like, point directly at it and go look at all those look at that and she'd be like what and look in the opposite but you direction at everything i mean that's like you're, you're like Declan. but how do you not see but you the said most the obvious word, thing but you said that you could have been referring to anything yeah oh like look at the look at that cloud that's kind of shaped like a baby's butt hey you have an, a very keen power of observation i've learned not to assume <laughs> doesn't have to be keen to see things that are completely obvious i saw them that were completely obvious but you said hey look at that and i didn't think you were talking about that completely obvious thing uh, whatever but you also would be like hey what's that over there and i'm like i don't even know where you're looking at this point every time i see a car that like flips over or drives like in a crazy way i'm always like oh hey look rochelle it's your driver's ed teacher <laughs> 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 i'm not a bad driver officer <laughs> uh good times oh my that goodness. was a throwback to the uh to the baby announcement video it was those are good videos yeah those are pretty funny um but right. driving is a sensory overload experience for you i i don't know i i like driving to a degree but okay. i just prefer someone else driving me like i found myself when i was going again when i went to the comedy show the other night I decided to take an Uber because mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, maybe I'll have a couple beers or something. So I don't want to be drinking and driving. And um, plus it's just parking in, in Midtown. Right. Atlanta is, is really in annoying. In most places in Atlanta, yeah. So it ends up costing you like 12, 15 bucks. To park? I think so. Wow. I mean, I'm I'm sure you're right. Maybe Maybe I'm exaggerating. I don't know. It's it's not it's not free. That's what was the cost of the Uber? Like twenty five bucks. So way way more. Well, I mean more. No, sorry. Better use of your money is where I was going with that. I mean, I guess so. I mean, in in the end, it just seemed like the better bet, just because. I would do it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about anything. And then when you leave at the end of the night, wherever you are, you jump in the car and get the hell out of there. So, so how did you handle that super awkward escape? Oh, right. We're jumping all over the place today. Well, no, you're going right to it. So No, I'm just saying because we talked uh, to Kate, uh, you know, or we've communicated with Kate on the on the podcast sure. and, uh, or on the on the um, Facebook group. And she was saying, like, sometimes she has a hard time following. And I'm just sitting here like as I'm listening to us talking, going, Kate's going to be drawing diagrams, trying to figure out what the hell we're talking about. How did that connect to this? Um, <laughs> that's part of the my ADHD brain, so it's I apologize. It's the tangential that's quality, right. yes, which but, is far better now than it used to be. Well, it's because it's medicated. But part of this is just conversational also, right? Sure. Because we're oh, talking about driving, and so then I was thinking, well, the last time you were driving, or you just mentioned you were going down to Midtown, then I remembered that that night you 
you messaged me and you were like, hey, <laughs> I'm in a super awkward social circle. Like, how do I piece out of this? Right. And I thought to myself, uh, what would I do? <laughs> like, because, you know, I just wait. I ended up just waiting until the group dispersed. You did? Yeah, they were all kind of like, all right, it's time to get out of here. Yeah, see, I struggle sometimes being the one to just stand up and take care of my own needs, too. Sometimes I, I'm yeah. a little nervous about being you, that to forward. bust out what do they call it the irish exit when you just leave is that what it's called an irish i think it's called an irish exit when you just oh, get well, up. you should perfect that you are irish i am i am i'm very irish so i'm I, I should just sorry about this folks i got to get the fuck out of here <laughs> i got no more no more time for your shite that would have been hilarious yeah but you didn't you just it, i just it, waited oh, okay yeah it was fine it was fun it was enjoyable and that's the thing that's hard it's like you're just like yeah it's getting late Mm-hmm. I don't know how how hard it's going to be to find, you know, because I was knew I was Ubering back. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing about the Uber, because you know, if you have it's your car, you have your car. Yeah. I got to wait to see if someone's actually going to be able to pick me up. Right. So. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I I didn't expect that. I kind of I thought you had kind of stood up and said like, "Okay, guys, nice to meet you," and headed out because of the way you messaged back and said too much too much uh, attention mm. on that. All of a sudden, I, I'm like making myself the center. Of attention. Okay, I can see that. So I would not enjoy that. That's why I don't like. I, I'm. I. I. I just heard about the. I, I, I. Again, I keep thinking it's called the Irish goodbye. That's what I'm going to call it. The Irish goodbye. Yeah, it's where okay. you're like a party and you just leave. That's cool. And and, and I'm like, well, that's that's genius. Well, it goes back to an earlier episode where we talked about you being able to interact socially in a way that's honoring what your needs really are. Like, you know, we put it in the context of work before where you're like okay if you're going to approach me with a new topic you need to tell me are you updating me or are you giving me something new exits are something that are super awkward also and you know they can be anxiety producing situations very quickly yeah i mean that's why it's it's that's why people ghost people you know Mm -hmm. like when you're dating or whatever like dating apps like you just don't know how to respond you just don't know how to continue the conversation and say i'm not interested so you just stop talking to them come here boy come here i'm right here yeah that's fair i mean i even find myself like i was in a massage yesterday um in a session and the whole time you got to get closer to the microphone can't hear you try not to drop him come here sweetie it's like there's social there's there's rules although they can be broken but there's There's good form rules, you know, that you don't break contact during the session as a therapist. And so I needed to get something across the room. And even I was like, oh, I don't have a good way to break contact and get across. And and so oftentimes you just end up just kind of surfing through it. What's up, hon? Are you waking up? Oh, you want to say hi? I feel like I should be talking and I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well we wore him out should we should we do an irish goodbye for this episode <laughs> and then <laughs> instead of saying anything just just end it, just Boop. End it. Like we might right there. need to because little one needs me to yeah head out all right cue the music fun day yeah good day there's a little bit of a shorter episode this time uh there's some other things i want to talk about next time um so rochelle just left me i'm all by myself Crap, I got to end, end the episode. Um, I'm Blake. She's Rochelle. And we will be back. 
I think that's a good place to end it. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye.